This is Leah Jones, Director of Financial Planning at Hightower Bethesda. Thanks for joining me today as I explore topics that I hope arm you with the ability to make smart financial decisions. I'm joined today by Jeffrey Gershon from um, Aronson's Tax Services Group. He is a CPA and he focuses on serving business owners. He specializes in tax compliance, business planning, and consulting. Jeff, thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. So our topic uh, is one that has a lot of people concerned, and that's, will my taxes tax rates go up? So obviously this concern is stemming from uh, a Biden win, a presidential win. And I know neither of us have a crystal ball, but what are some of the most pressing items from a tax perspective that could change? Well, you know, it's a, it's a great question, and it's definitely definitely one that we've been talking to our clients a lot over the last uh, last couple of weeks. Uh, you know, the, the first thing I'll say before I kind of get into any specifics is obviously, as you kind of alluded to, is you know, I don't have a crystal ball. So some of what we're going to talk about just to kind of set the stage is it's it's information that was put out by President-elect Biden during the campaign based on some of his plans. But obviously, until until it actually makes it to Congress and gets signed into law, I don't think that this is it's somewhat speculation based on what he's what his plans say. And then the second thing is Obviously, we're sitting here in late November with with a, a, a change in administration for the president's coming in coming in January. But obviously, you know you can't pass you can't pass tax law without going through Congress. And right now, the Senate is kind of still be to be determined with the race in Georgia still kind of undecided. So you know, obviously, I don't have a crystal ball as to how that will go, but. The prevailing thought, and again, there's no guarantees with any of this, is that if the Republicans control the Senate, we're going to get very little, if any, tax changes. If the Democrats end up controlling the Senate, it's likely that we will get some tax changes. But again, to the extent to which of these uh, changes actually occur, we just don't know. So I just want to kind of set the stage properly that a lot of this is just speculation and kind of what if, um, but but I think it's still important for everyone to kind of understand some of what's out there, knowing that we're still you know a ways away from really understanding what will happen. Um, and the last kind of intro thing I'll say, um, not to, to ramble, Lee, I apologize, but uh, you know at, at the end of the day. Um, you know, one thing that I think we can say, and I don't want to say with certainty, but, you know, as close to certain as I can be, we don't believe tax rates are going to go down. If anything, they're going to stay the same or, or go up. So take that for what it's worth. But but again, you know, my guess is as good as anybody's, but that's kind of what we're hearing and kind of where we are. Like anything, tax reform, it, it uh, you know, major tax reform does not happen all that often. Um, it happened in 2017, happened in 1986. Um, so this isn't something that occurs, you know, every few years. There's almost like a perfect storm has to occur. So I think it's important that everybody understands that and kind of just takes a deep breath and a step back before 
you really look at everything that that that, that we're going to be talking about. Yeah, and I I can certainly appreciate that, and and I know in managing relationships with my clients, um, I I definitely echo a lot of those same comments, which is there there's still some uncertainty about. Um, the direction that Georgia's um, election will ultimately take, and that's certainly going to have a big impact. Um, and to your point, uh, tax change in general um, takes a, a lot of different factors all coming together. Um, but I would also definitely echo that I think, uh, you know, best case scenario is that they stay the same, and worst case scenario is is that they go up because at the end of the day, we can't just write endless checks and not balance our checkbook. So um, with that being said, what are the things that you're hearing um, from clients? Where where are their biggest concerns? And, and to your point about the notes that Biden put out could actually, you know, could actually become uh, an issue in the future. Yeah. And, and, and again, it, it's to me, I don't, I don't necessarily view any of this as an issue. I view it as planning opportunities. Okay. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Yes. Let's, uh, let's call it, it that. A planning exactly. opportunity. Planning opportunity. I so, love that. And, and to some degree, it's, you know, it, like I said, it's some of this is, you know, throwing darts at a dartboard to some degree. And, you know, if I, if I knew the answer, I'd probably be, uh, well, even I would probably brave the, uh, the trip to Las Vegas and put a lot of money on knowing uh, what will happen if I knew, but obviously I don't. But I think what we're hearing a lot is, um, you know, the first thing, and, and again, I, you know, we only have 20 or so minutes, so I'll kind of give some high level stuff. But, you know, the first thing we're kind of seeing is, um, hey, my rates are going to go up or the, the income tax bracket's going to go up. And I think that, um, you know, right now, indiv- the highest individual tax bracket um, is 37%. And obviously, we have a graduated tax system, meaning you don't hit that 37% rate until you hit an X amount of adjusted or, or taxable income. So they are talking about raising that threshold or percentage, I should, should say, from 37% to 39.6%. So obviously, for uh, in, individuals uh, that are you know earning a significant amount of money, you will just right off the top, if you're in the highest tax bracket, your rates will go up for that marginal piece by at least 2.6%. So that's, you know, that's just the first thing that we kind of see. Um, and I'm going to just give you, Leah, if it's okay, I'm going to give you like the top three that I see from an income tax perspective, and then we can kind of dive in a little bit deeper. And again, I could pick a lot of these things. I'm kind of just picking out ones that, uh, that I kind of have seen talked about in both the, uh, the, the industry rags, as they say, that yes, there are a lot of tax people that just can't get enough of this stuff. So I'm <laughs> just given the you know top top three, we could we could probably talk all day, but you guys would probably turn off this uh, this podcast, so we won't do that. Um, yeah. So what's what's the top three that have made the cut? All right. So number one, we just did, uh, which is the the rate. I think you know not much else to say about it, but it's uh you know obviously you know anytime you increase the the, the actual tax percentage, the rate, you know, people's taxes can go up. You know, the second big thing, and, and, and like Leah, you said in the beginning, I work with predominantly business owners, their businesses, and, their, uh, and, and, and their 1040s as well. And, you know, one of the things that came out of the Tax Cuts and Job Act was this concept of qualified business income, or QBI, Section 199A. So I'm guessing 
most of you who have biz- who are listening to this who have businesses, well, I shouldn't say most, but a lot of people who have businesses probably are well versed in this area. Without going into the the details, essentially. For certain types of flow-through businesses, flow-through meaning escort partnerships, LLCs, taxes partnerships, et cetera, um, certain types of Schedule Cs and sole proprietors, if you were not in what's considered a specified service trade or business, such as medicine, financial services, law, and, and there's a few others, but those are the big ones you see. So sorry, Leah, you you and I are out of this, but yes, for, if yes, you were running, you know, let's say- <laughs> let's say, let's say you're running a restaurant or you're running uh, an engineering company or you're running a um you know pretty much any business that's not a specified service trader business you would get a 20% deduction uh against your taxable income subject to certain limits and phase outs based off of you know the wages of the limits were generally based off the wages that were paid by that business so for a lot of entrepreneurs they got a significant tax benefit when the Tax Cuts and Job Act passed because they got a 20% tax deduction on their flow-through income. The Biden proposal is effectively trying to phase out that adjustment for those making over $400,000. So the mechanics haven't all been, been sorted out. Like I said, some of this stuff is, you know, they, the way that tax law occurs is, you know, they come up with a plan, it gets written as part of a law, and then the I, it gets passed into law, and then the IRS issues guidance and, you know, and how to kind of apply it. So we are at the infancy with some of this stuff. So there's no guidelines necessarily for how that's going to work, but obviously people over the last few years have been really, have really benefited from that 199A deduction, and it could potentially go away. Um, for high net worth individuals or high earners, I should say. You know, the, the other kind of top three that we see is the social security payroll tax increase. So basically right now you pay a social security uh, tax of 12.4% on the first 137 or so thousand dollars of earned income. Earned income means wages, self-employment income from a partnership, et cetera. Basically, once you get over that 137,000 or so, give or take, um, you, you no longer pay that. Tw- you don't pay that uh, social security tax. One of the proposals that Biden is is has put out there is that those individuals who have earned income greater than 400 will begin to start having to pay social security tax again. So it kind of creates a uh, to quote one of my partners, it, it creates a donut hole. Whereby you know the first 137 is taxable social secu- on social security, you kind of have that donut of nothing between 137 and 400, and then over 400 you go back to 12.4. So, you know that's a, that's a it's something that's often overlooked. Everybody you know always talks about the the rates and hey we're going from 37 to 39.6, and you know I'd say yeah that's important, but this is one and that's what gets the headlines. You know that's what you'll see. But this is this is really, really important because individuals can really, you know, 12.4% is a massive number. So it can really increase your tax. So I think this is an area that people should really talk to their accountants on to kind of think through how it may impact. Yeah. And I, I just wanted to, to point out um, to our listeners. So you've probably noticed this on your paycheck at some point, depending on 
your income level. So for some people um, at the end of the year, you might say, oh, hey, the last couple months, you know, I noticed I'm getting a couple hundred dollars more in my paycheck. And again, depending on when when people hit that 137, might be sooner, might be, you know, within a couple months or might be mid-year. But you probably have noticed that. And you say, well, nothing has really changed. Why has that happened? And that's exactly um, what you're talking about is that that social security tax has has been you know, effectively removed. And, and I agree with you, that could be very impactful if that's now, you know, on um, for a longer period of time and at higher income levels. So Yeah. yeah. And, and also, and, and again, not it's not just for W-2 wage earners, but if you're a partner in a partnership and you have guaranteed payments or you have self-employment income from that partnership, this, this could potentially impact that as well. Same so thing. this is... Yeah, so th- it's the same concept, just a little different from th- the mechanics of how it works are a little different. But at the end of the day, it's the same tax. And it's something that, that yeah, it, it's a big number. So I think it's, um, you know, definitely have to pay attention to it. So, I mean, those are, you know, those are kind of the top three that I see. But again, I say that, but but obviously everyone's situation is a little bit different. So those top three do not, I don't want people to take away that those are the three big That's changes yeah. <laughs> for, for certain people. Something that I'm not talking about could be the biggest thing for them. So it's really important to kind of, you know, talk to your CPA and, and make sure that you're kind of on top of this and, and, uh, um, and, and look at it to your own situation. Cause obviously, you know, I, I can't address everyone's individual situation on a broadly cast podcast, but, but, but again, you know, there's a lot here. I, I would agree on, on that. You definitely, everybody's got their own unique situation depending on, and, and our business owners in particular, um, and then, you know, throw COVID into the mix and, and different circumstances <laughs> relating to that. There's definitely a lot to talk about. The other item that we had talked about, and I, I know personally, this is something really high on my radar, is the potential for the estate tax exemption level to, to be lowered. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. I mean, look, I, I think you, you kind of said it that they're, you know, right now, um, you know, the, the estate tax limitation is fairly high and, you know, it, it, they are talking right now about dropping it drastically. And, and really what that means for most people is that, uh, well, I shouldn't say most people, but what it really means is that people who may have not had a taxable estate would potentially fall into having a taxable estate. So I, I think it's it's really important that, look, at the end of the day, I'm a firm believer that everybody should be doing estate planning actively with their accountants and, law, and attorneys just to make sure that you're, you're covered for the what if, you know, or the unforeseen, so to speak. But, but, but again, you know, at the end of the day, if I had a crystal ball and I knew what was going to happen in Georgia and I knew what was going to happen after, uh, you know, with tax reform, I would tell everyone, you know, hey, look, if you've got appreciated assets or you have, you know, ownership in a business, I would start, you know, potentially doing some gifting and putting your money into trusts, uh, you know, irrevocable trust to get it out of your estate um, and, and really start planning for that. But it's somewhat difficult to give that broad guidance because, you know, the, as you can imagine, when you start gifting, you lose control. 
So, and there's mechanisms around that. And there are probably some attorneys listening who will say, well, we can make sure that, it, that uh, you know, that, that you keep as much control as possible to still, you know, have a proper gift. But with all that said, I think the point is estate planning is something that people should always be doing. This is something, you know, given where we are now and knowing that that's kind of out there, it's something that people should really think about, um, you know, and at least kind of gauge the conversation. Even if you don't do anything before the end of the year, it, there's, you know, c- certain things happen that create an impetus to for change. And I think this is one of them. Um, you know, I would say that it, it, for people that are, you know, potentially having a transaction coming up, you know, you may want to consider kind of doing something before the end of the year. Um, and, and again, a lot of this depends on what your net worth is. I mean, you know, if you're talking to go, I'm using very high round numbers, but if you're talking about going from an exemption from 23 down to five, you know, it, it, it really widens the net pretty big, right? Yeah, and so, I and I wanted to actually just clarify on that point for our listeners that that might not be as well versed in the numbers. So the um, estate exemption, federal estate exemption level now is about 10 and a half million per person. Is that correct? Around 10 and a half million? Okay. Um, Just for easy numbers. And so if you're a married couple, that means that your estate would have to be valued over $21 million before there would potentially be any estate tax implications. And uh, prior to this tax act in 2017, that federal exemption was like about five million each person, correct? Around there, five. Okay, so so ten million. So more than doubling that estate exemption, and and to me, and you know, again, I know we're kind of guessing, but I think that's probably an easy win um, to be passed because it's you, you know it's affecting the the top one percent plus um and and the level is so high as it is but again it's a very meaningful tax because it's something like 45 50 percent of everything above yeah that estate yeah. exemption that gets taxed yeah it's, it's a very high tax and i think you made a very interesting comment and i just want to you know point out um that at, at the end of the day i believe that you're right that it is something that you know, it doesn't impact a lot of people. So it's something that, it, it, you know, it, it feels like oftentimes you can, um, you know, this is something that will, could potentially get bipartisan support and that, you know, it's, it's, it's low hanging fruit because the impact, it doesn't impact that many people. With that said, you know, and I, I won't make any comments politically, but, but it's still, you know, I'm not sure that that's a hundred percent the way it will shake out, just because it's the, you know, the um, there's there's certain connotations with 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 kind of lowering the estate tax. A lot of people view it as a double tax. Um, you know, you earned money, and then you built wealth, and then you pay the tax again. So, you know, again, it's it's uh, there's a lot of moving pieces here, and I think the upshot is at the end of the day. That it, you know, if you have not done estate planning, now is probably the time to start at least talking about. It. Yeah, I I agree, and I think I think the estate tax attorneys are just inundated because <laughs> between um, COVID causing people to think more about mortality, um, and then all these potential potential you know tax um, and estate changes, it's it's definitely uh, a business that's uh, seen a lot of increased. Um, 
requests. So yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I agree. And then the other thing from an estate planning or, or just an estate tax perspective is they were talking about the elimination of the stepped up basis on inherited assets. So right now you get a step up in basis at the time of death, which basically means that the beneficiaries receive that asset at the higher uh, fair market value at the time of death. So it is kind of escapes the capital gains tax. Um, so, you know, again, there's a lot of, there's a lot here. Yeah. And that, again, just to provide a little context to the listeners is huge because, you know, let's use Apple, right? Um, see it in the headlines a lot. It's gone up a, a, a huge amount. So if somebody, a parent had bought Apple and it was worth 20,000 and now it's worth, you know, 400,000, let's just say, and then it's, they pass away, their kids inherit it. Um, in today's tax code, their new cost basis is the 400,000, which is huge. Um, but what, what the proposal is, is that they would, you know, potentially keep the original cost basis, which means then they have a huge embedded gain, which whenever they go to sell, they'll then pay taxes on. So, um, yeah, that could be a, a very meaningful change as well. And, and I guess to that point, one thing we had talked about, um, and I know it is being discussed is the elimination of the preferred long-term capital gain um, rate. Can you can you speak a little bit to c- kind of what that would look like, or could yeah, look like? So, yeah, could look like. I think that it's it's somewhat in, in its simplified term. I think they were talking about uh, making the long-term capital gain rate taxed. Uh, or sorry, let me say it differently. For long-term capital gains for individuals with income over one million dollars, they would lose that capital gain. Therefore the income that now would have been taxed at say 20% could be taxed at the 39.6, which is the potentially higher new highest bracket. So, you know, obviously that's another big tax increase for high net worth individuals. Indeed. Um, so we think we've talked a little bit about individuals, estates, those things. we we'll talk a little bit about corporate tax rate, because I know that's another kind of item of interest. Yeah, you know, so, so I mean, I, I, we we tend to focus on the individual, and the reason we do is because most businesses that we work with are flow through, so they they end up getting right, they just end up getting taxed at the individual 1040 level as opposed to the corporate um, the corporate level. So, so obviously, you know, the I think the biggest thing, the second of my top three, so to speak, was probably the biggest business uh, change, which is the 199A even though it's taken at the 1040 level, it's really a business concept. You know, they are talking about raising the corporate tax from 21% to 28%. You know, it used to be, uh, have graduated rates and now they brought it down. So now they're talking about bringing it back up. Um, and, and there's a lot of other business provisions out there in the international area and a few others. So, you know, probably beyond the scope of this, but, uh, but I, I think, again, we have to just watch and see how this all kind of plays out, but that's, uh, that's probably the biggest thing. Um, you know, the other thing is, you know, not to dwell on it or, or to spend a lot of time on it, but, uh, you know, 1031 exchanges are, you know, pretty popular in the real estate world that may potentially, you know, may, may potentially go away under a Biden plan. Um, so, you know, again, something to think about. That's definitely a lot to think about, but I think all, all good stuff and better to think about it um, and proactively make some changes if, if possible. 
than be kind of caught off guard. Um, now, I, and I guess on the time frame, one thing I just wanted to clarify is that the Tax Act of uh, 2017 is um, grandfathered through 2025. So what that means is it it has to be up to debate in 2025, but it could changes could be made sooner than that, but it would require some type of agreement and collaboration um, between, you know, the House, Senate, and, and President. Yeah, Correct? so I uh, uh, so I won't comment on the uh, constitutional law or all the different provisions as it relates to, uh, um, you know, the budgeting process and, and all that, but, but yes, a lot of the provisions in the Tax Cuts and jo Jobs Acts are, are scheduled to sunset, as you mentioned. There are some that don't sunset, so yes, it, it, it could get looked at. I mean, it has to get looked at again. Um, but yes, it's uh, we're talking about you know at the end of the day, people like certainty. So we're talking about something where we thought we had another five six years or so, and now you may not. So right. So so again, that's something to look at. I know you mentioned some strategies, right? So maybe it makes sense to um, gift to a trust. Maybe if you are close to or you know, nearing a business sale, business transaction, you can, ex if it's possible, you can accelerate uh, that transaction. So you know what the tax code you're subject to is um, now. Um, is there, you know, and obviously talking and engaging with your state planner, your CPA, um, anything else that you just want to mention to our listeners that they should be considering? Any strategies um, that they could be considering to be proactive? Um, you know, and I just want to say, anytime you're talking about gifting and trusts and, 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 you know, as it relates to a transaction or not, like it's a really, really specified area. So I don't think there's a one size fits all. You really do need to talk to your lawyers and accountants to kind of come up with a strategy, but. Right. You don't want to do something that doesn't make sense or that you can't take back. <laughs> exactly. Right. Um, but no, I mean, look, at the end of the day, like I started this, I don't have a magic, uh, I, I don't have a, uh, a, I can't tell the future. Um, you know, I think understanding some of this stuff is important, but, you know, I almost wish the Georgia election was before the end of the year, but, you know, it's not. So we, we kind of have to deal with it. Uh, you know, again, estate planning you should be doing anyway. Um, it doesn't necessarily, for most people, there probably isn't a need to rush to do something before the end of the year, but for a lot of people there is. Um, you know, the, the rest of it is is just understanding what could happen and kind of working with your advisor as to how best to take, you know, to deal with some of the stuff I've talked about. Leah, if, if we have one minute, I know that everyone is completely saturated with the PPP, but <laughs> I can just give one thing about it. Please. Unrelated. Yes, please do. You. Hey, I'll take it. Yes. So I, you know, one thing I just want to say, you know, obviously, you know, a lot of business owners got the PPP. So this has nothing to do with the Biden plan. I just want to, obviously throw this in just to give people a little bit of, you know, the more, you know, I suppose, as they say, um, you know, last week, the IRS issued guidance that effectively said that to the extent that you can reasonably expect forgiveness on your PPP loan, the expenses for which you, uh, you spent the proceeds on and will ultimately get forgiveness. They will they they will not be deductible, even if you don't apply for forgiveness until a later period. So a lot of people were hoping that you could do some tax planning around 
you know, when you'd have that quote unquote tax hit regarding the forgiveness. And unfortunately, or fortunately, I don't think we can really do that anymore. They, they've made it somewhat simple for us. So I think this year more than ever, you really need to talk to your accountant because about doing some tax planning and projections, because um, it can get real complicated as it relates to, you know, when that, when picking that extra income up this year, or actually, let me say it differently, disallowing the deductions. And then obviously, you know, especially here in the Washington area, we have a lot of uh, people that have, are, are federal government contractors. And there's, that's a whole other animal as it relates to, you know, applying for forgiveness and some of the provisions around, you know, cost plus contracts or, um, you know, 3610. So there's a lot there. I think the upshot of all of this is if I can have one takeaway, you know, talk to your accountants this year, even if you're generally not the type that does year-end tax planning, especially if you have a PPP loan, it's going to be really important. You don't want surprises on April 15th. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I really appreciate that guidance. And I was even thinking that myself earlier today, I was having a conversation um, and I, I said, you know, there's probably a lot of things that even personally on an individual level, I might be able to do differently this year because it was such a unique year. Um, and in terms of maybe expenses that I wouldn't normally have, like I never deducted a home office, you know, et cetera. So, you know, just, just, there's a lot to, to think about. So totally agree with you. Good time to, to talk and, you know, get together with all your advisors, have a coordinated strategy and approach and, and just make sure that you're optimizing your decisions, making smart financial decisions and, uh, empowering yourself because, a lot has changed in uh, 2020. And one thing I know for sure is it'll continue changing going forward. So the one thing, as they say, and I hate to say it, but death and taxes are certain. And you can also add that changes in taxes are always certain. So it uh, keeps us engaged. But it's again, at the end of the day, it's about being proactive and, uh, and planning as much as you can. But you got to be flexible, too. Agreed. Well, thank you so much for our conversation today, Jeff, and everybody go out and, and talk to your accountants and your estate planners and your financial advisors and make sure you're all on the same page and you come up with a good strategy. Absolutely. Email all your accountants on Thursday morning. Thanks. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, but you should reach out. Yes, for sure. All right. Thanks, Jeff. Thank you. Hightower Bethesda is a group of investment professionals registered with Hightower Securities LLC, member FINRA and SIPC, and with Hightower Advisors LLC, a registered investment advisor with the SEC. Securities are offered through Hightower Securities LLC. Advisory services are offered through Hightower Advisors LLC. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities. No investment process is free of risk and there is no guarantee that the investment process or the investment opportunities referenced herein will be profitable. Past performance is not indicative of current or future performance and is not a guarantee. The investment opportunities referenced herein may not be suitable for all investors. All data and information referenced herein are from sources believed to be reliable. Any opinions, news, research, analysis, prices, or other information contained in this research is provided as general market commentary. It does not constitute investment advice. Hightower Bethesda and Hightower shall not in any way be liable for claims and make no expressed or implied representations 
or warranties as to the accuracy or completeness of the data and other information, or for statements or errors contained in or omissions from the obtained data and information referenced herein. The data and information are provided as of the date referenced. Such data and information are subject to change without notice. This document was created for informational purposes only. The opinions expressed are solely those of Hightower Bethesda and do not represent those of Hightower Advisors LLC or any of its affiliates.